Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey, welcome back. It's season three of your favorite hometown podcast. Let's Happy scare, New Year. Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death. We are recording this in the past. It is still 2020 where we are. Yeah, you won't hear this until 2021, <laughs> until the naked baby runs around. But Happy New Year. Hopefully 2021 is going to be a lot better. And not just an arbitrary number. Yeah, all right. Woo. So for those of you who are new, uh, re- quick recap. That's Josh. I'm Cindy. He likes horror movies. He makes me watch them. Um, I get scared at really unfortunate and weird things. And her <laughs> her reactions are both priceless and very over the top. <laughs> and like uh, flail screaming and sometimes passing out. Every month, <laughs> only once, every month Josh picks a... Uh, theme. So we're kicking off 2021 January with what is our theme? Uh, killer toys. So this is going to piggyback off of our As Christmas I stare at episode. the killer clowns uh, oh, what? poster over your shoulder. Oh, um, this is going to piggyback off of our Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toy Maker. That was Mickey our Christmas Rooney. special. So that had killer toys. So we're just going to keep the killer toys theme alive. And we're going to start with kind of the definitive killer toy movie child's Um, play one we're doing child's play which is kind of i think if you ask anyone on the street you're like what's a movie where a toy comes alive and attacks people they're gonna go chucky i am of that sweet spot of i'm of the age where i remember when my buddy and kid sister first came out and they were really really popular the dolls and then that movie and then child's play came out you know what um, I mean? Like, I, I we'll talk, was maybe... Well, wait, let's talk about it. What year did it come out? I was, was going to say, um, this came out November 9th of 1988. I was going to say, before we get started, you brought it up, so let so me maybe just I would be talk eight, about this for a second. Almost nine. He killed the My Buddy dolls. Yep. Like, 100%. They kind of patterned him on My Buddy, and kids were fucking terrified yep. of those after this movie came out. And it kind of killed the brand. Which, yeah, which kind of sucks. It was, so... For my my generation, I'm uh, Generation Y. Uh, we were a, a big group of latchkey kids, so <laughs> we were the children of the '80s cocaine stock market people, I guess. Um, and so there was a lot of children from a broken home, or who like were um, only children. Like that was a really big thing I, for that my time. I don't think my dad ever owned stocks, but I'm pretty sure he did cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> a little, so, little more white trash than that. So the kid sister and my buddies were these two and a half foot dolls that were kind of plushy with plastic faces. And they were, you know, for, for that kid, so they were, they'd have a companion. They'd have a friend if you were home alone, you were, you know, like a latchkey kid. And so to have a move <laughs> or if you were like an only child, it was like, that's your sister. That's your brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then to find out, like, oh, no, they co- it comes alive and it hates you and kills you. Yeah. Uh, and this movie has double significance because uh, it's a dead of winter around Christmas movie, but it's a birthday movie. Because if I remember correctly, it's he Andy's gets it for his- birthday, not for Christmas. So, and, and I know that both you and your oldest son's birthdays are the day before the day yeah, after my Christmas. my sister and her son, so, yeah. So um, tell me about, so November 1988, I would have been eight, just about to turn nine. Six. 
Um, Six. Yeah, so this is the perfect age for those my buddy dolls. I remember standing in video view. I've been talking about video view a lot over Yeah. And just staring at the Child's Play VHS covers and being like, I would like to see these. And my mom going, (laughs) no. "No." (laughs) You will have nightmares. That is a big N-O. Let's talk briefly about what was happening in 1988. Okay. So we've covered 1988 before, I think, a few, a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm about to tell you that Phantom of the Opera came out and debuted on Broadway. And I remember you saying, that was a big deal with my family. It was a big deal. We had the dual cassette tapes. Mm -hmm. The Winter Olympics were held in Calgary. Okay. Calgary. Calgary, Canada. Yeah, that's where Owen and Brett Hart are from. That's the best thing about that town. Uh, okay. R.I.P. Owen Hart, the Rocket. Okay. Uh, the Iran Contra affair was that year. Mm-hmm. Um, astronaut James Hansen testified in front of the U.S. Senate that global warming was not only real but it was man-made. And then they were like, "Who the hell are you? Get out of here!" Like science, we don't believe in we that. We don't believe you. Uh, that was the syringe tide year, Cindy. Oh yeah, that's what I remember about that year. Syringe tide. Yep. Uh, if you missed the past episode, it was when bags of medical waste were just washing ashore. <laughs> in New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, and that was, it, it did affect my summer, yes. That was the first summer that we didn't go and spend some time with uh, friends who had a fabulous beach house. Still do, but yeah. <laughs> uh, that was also the year that Al-Qaeda formed under Osama bin Laden and George H.W. Bush was elected. To, yeah. Yay! Okay. 1988. People that were born in 1988. Hit me. Rihanna. Okay. Uh, Steph Curry. Lizzo. I love Lizzo. Yeah. Anna de Armas. The, Don't know who the, that is. The lead of Knives Out. Oh, yes, I do know her. The one that yeah, yeah, everyone's the like, she's Hispanic. Or she's Cuban. No, she's Portuguese. Like, every time they talk about her, she's from <laughs> a different country. Yep. And Adele. Nice. I didn't realize I was that much older than Adele, but okay. Yeah. Boom. Boom. It was a good year. 1988. Now. Kind of. It was a memorable year. Let's get down to Brass Tax and talk about Brass, who, guys, Brass Tax who made this movie and then who is in this movie. Okay. Because I'm excited about this. I'm excited too. Um, I don't know why. Okay. This movie was directed by Tom Holland, who was a, a, an actor and I believe a had a recurring role on a soap opera. I forget. Maybe it was Guiding Light. I forget which one it was. I loved Guiding Light. Um, and as the world turns for a brief moment. Yeah. And he, he was an actor and he started writing. And he wrote The Class of 1984. He wrote Psycho 2. He wrote Cloak and Dagger, which is a movie I introduced to Alex earlier this mm-hmm. year. With the uh, it's the stolen plans hidden inside the Atari tape. That's it, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say ColecoVision. I knew that wasn't right. And then he ended up uh, writing and directing Fright Night, which is... Oh, oh, Fright Night checks a lot about. I fucking love Fright Night. Do um, you know? And then, th- based off the success of Fright Night, he got to direct this movie. And this movie? Okay. Also did Gangbusters for him. Yeah. He was on a roll there for a minute. Um, now, it was co-written by John Lafia, who, <laughs> right, uh, who would write and direct. He needs to be married to Alec Baldwin's wife. Yeah. Alec Baldwin's Hilaria. wife is Hilaria. Um, Hilaria Lafo. What was it? Oh, that guy's last name? Uh, Lafia. Hilaria Lafios. Yeah. Uh, John Lafia wrote and directed Man's Best Friend, which is a genetically enhanced cybernetic killer dog movie. Ooh. Starring Lance Henriksen. Um, and he would direct Child's Play 2. And that's which has the developed end of it. a huge cult following. That's kind of what he's known for. Okay. But mm. this is the debate about these movies. 
with the first Child's Play movie, everyone's like, Tom Holland. Tom Holland said he rewrote scenes. He did this and that. Um, the bulk of this movie and every subsequent, every subsequent Child's Play and Chucky movie mm-hmm. has been written by Don Mancini. Who okay. even, um, even though the director says that he claims that he rewrote several scenes. Yes. Yeah. And this Don is, Mancini calls bullshit on that. Don Mancini is still gets credited as the He wrote the original he wrote the original screenplay, um, and John Lafayette helped him change a few things for the studio. Mm-hmm. John Lafayette went on to direct Child's Play Two. Don Mancini wrote every Chuck uh, every Chucky appearance from this all the way through to the remake. He even directed even Seed, Curse, and Cult of Chucky. Oh. And he wrote on the Hannibal TV series. Interesting. It is not as important in this movie, but in the future, when we get into, because eventually down the road, we're going to watch more Child's Play and Chucky movies. Don Mancini, <laughs> as they fit into his master plan. Yeah. Don Mancini in 1988, and to this day, is a very out gay man. Mm-hmm. And I would assume... He wouldn't go back in the closet after no, no, no. a while. But. but at a time in the 80s... When that wasn't cool. When that was a career killer. Yeah, was, especially during was, the AIDS uh, misunderstanding. Yeah. Uh, Don Mancini is... If you ever see him... If you ever meet him or see him in interviews, Don Mancini is fucking awesome. And he's just a really good, good dude. dude. Nice. And love it when uh, stars, they're just like us. If Tom Mancini, for some reason, hears this, I tip my hat to you, sir. You are amazing. Yay. That brings us to two extra credits I want to talk about before we get into the actors. This movie was shot and the cinematography was done by Bill Butler. Mm-hmm. And Bill Butler is important because he shot Jaws, Grease, Damien the Omen 2, Rocky 2, 3, and 4, Stripes, and Hot Shots. He, what would he do on all of them? He was, he, he's the cinematographer wow. on all of those movies. The guy who did Jaws wow. did Hot Shots. Did Grease. Did, okay. <laughs> Stripes, huh. Yeah. Okay. And we would not have this movie in this franchise without Kevin Yeager. I want to give a special shout out to him. Kevin Yeager is the effects guy who created Chucky and the animatronic puppet and oh, everything. Yeah, he probably deserves um, a lot of props then. He did a lot of the Freddy makeup in Nightmare on Elm Street's 2, 3, and 4. Kevin Yeager is a solidly good dude. And he gives me the perfect transition to the mm. cast. Because the top built person in the cast is. is Catherine Hicks, who plays Karen Barkley, the mom. Right? She right? was in Seventh Heaven. Did she play the mom in Seventh Heaven? I believe so. Ugh. Goodness. Uh, that damn she show. was in Peggy Sue Got Married. Yeah, it's a, it's the mom. Here's the reason why it's such a great transition. Why? From Kevin Yeager to her. So in 1988, they're making this movie. Kevin Yeager is doing the blood effects on her, mm-hmm. and they're talking. They fell in love and got married, and they're still married. Well, that's very <laughs> to sweet. this day. Like, oh, well, that's kind of um, cute. Meet cute. If, if you see them at a con, or if you see them in interviews together, they're so like they always set their chairs really close together. Like, they're really adorable, and it makes me really happy. The next person is Chris Sarandon. That is uh, where Susan Sarandon gets her famous name. Yep. He plays Mike Norris. He was in Dog Day Afternoon, where he He plays He was also... Have you ever seen Dog Day Afternoon? Nope. But he was also in Princess Bride. Yeah. Um, He plays a transgendered person. Isn't he from here? (laughs) Yeah, he is. He's from Beckley. West Virginia. Uh, So, Dog Day Afternoon, 
he's in Fright Night, he's in Princess Bride, and then we have the voice of Chucky, Brad Dourif. Okay, Brad Dourif, voice of um, Chucky. He, Exorcist 3, he's in the Lord of the Rings movies, and here's why this is important and why this movie, why it's not my favorite horror movie, it has a weirdly deep soft spot for me. Okay. As a West Virginian. Embracing myself. Brad Dourif plays an actor at the beginning. He becomes the voice of Chucky later. In the beginning of the movie, he's being, Brad Dourif's being chased down a street in Chicago in the dead of winter, like the very first scene, by Chris Sarandon. Okay. Chris Sarandon is from Beckley. Brad Dourif is from Huntington. Oh, neat. And it just makes me really happy and really proud that, like, the first scene of this insanely it, popular horror movie are two West, are two West Virginians. West Virginians proper. It skipped. Tra- and the fun thing is, one of them, Chris Rannon, is very cool to talk about West Virginia. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, I'm from Beckley. We've talked to him about that. My parents live in like Charleston. My children have met him. Brad Dourif will not talk about it. <laughs> the 10 year old was not impressed. Uh, Brad Dourif is, gets very testy when you bring up West Virginia. Apparently, his time here was not great. Oh, so he's not an originally from here? No, or... he, he went to Marshall. Oh, okay. Like, um, he grew, didn't I think have a good time. Not I think a... he grew up in Huntington, and he definitely graduated from Marshall's not theater Not proud program. to be a son of Marshall. Yeah. So rounding out the cast is Alec Vincent, who plays Andy Barclay. He was in Child's Play 2, and it came back for Curse and Call of Chucky. Okay. And, and... again, this movie, the last person to talk about is Ed Gale. Ed Gale was the Chucky stunt double. He was an actual, like a, he was he a He was a dwarf. little person. Yeah. You would know him from basically playing Howard the Duck. Yep, I would. <laughs> um, he was Howard the Duck. He was Dink in Spaceballs. Dink, Dink. And he was stationed in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen the little aliens that oh, at the end yeah. formed into one giant ass alien. Mm-hmm. All they could say was station. <laughs> and then the big ass. Like, it says something that station. I, it says something which uh, of those roles I remember most. Dink, dink. And, and that is the casting and the crew of of Child's Play, which was supposed to be a small movie that <laughs> turned into a franchise that is still technically going. So this is the time when Josh typically will show like a poster of the movie, and I'm, I try to figure out the meaning. But this, I mean, it's Chucky. Everyone knows Chucky. So it's a tall building. With someone being thrown out a window and eyes, this is child's play. Something moved moved in with the Barclay family, and so has terror. You'll wish it was only make-believe. I'm going to say this is about a doll that comes to life and kills everyone. I wish that it was, in my ideal child's play, the doll is like finds out like the kid's being abused or something. And that's why it ends up killing everybody. Because it's just like, yeah, fuck you. You're being mean to this kid. It's like he wrote another Guillermo del Toro movie. It makes sense then. Yeah, he's th- Guillermo del Toro's doing a Pinocchio movie. So we might get <sighs> that movie. We might get that movie. That might be his Pinocchio movie. That was. Know. You should have talked about that in our last crappy episode so. about that nonsense. Okay. So we're going to go watch Child's Play. Probably on a special edition Blu-ray, yes. Uh, I have the box set. That the studio put out, but Scream Factory did a big edition of the first Child's Play. We'll, we'll, we'll watch that. Okay. Well, that's what we're up to, and it's probably available on Shutter and Amazon and all that. I'm sure people... It's been out for a minute. Everyone probably has this sitting on their shelf or... That too. Uh, that too. An old DVD or Never whatever. seen it. Just dust it off. It's 
these movies are fun. And the first one's kind of a classic. He he fits in the second tier of famous 80s monsters. monsters. It's like the first tier is Freddy, Freddy Jason, Jason and Michael. Yep. And then after that is like Chucky's right there. Mm-hmm. So That's with fair. like Ghostface and some other people. All right. Here we go. Behind the doors. Everyone has a birthday they'll always remember. Can we open my presents now, Mommy? A good guy! I knew it! Hi, <laughs> I'm Chucky. He's something, isn't he? This is Andy's. Time for bed, Andy. Good night, baby. Good night, Aunt Maggie. Accidents happen at home. How did that happen? This is no accident. Andy! I'm Detective Mike Norris. Homicide. Andy! Miss Peterson's dead. She fell from the kitchen window. Someone's moved in with the Barclay family. And so has terror. Mommy, I know who was on the counter. Andy! Who, Andy? Chucky. Nobody believes you. Why won't you believe me? Because I'm sane. This is Barkley sane and rational. No one believes the truth. <laughs> or lives to tell it. There's nothing nice about murder. And there's nothing innocent about child's play. Hey guys, welcome back from Chucky. What'd you think? Well, Child's Play, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the official name, but I think everyone calls it the Chucky movie. (laughs) Or Child's Play. No, it's the Chucky movie. It was good, I guess. I mean, there was a lot that I kind of laughed at, and there were massive plot holes that I tripped over, but... Yeah, I mean, it was okay. I can see why it was a huge hit. To talk to you about these plot holes, because I feel this movie is flawless. Sure you do. So before we get into talking about this, if at any point we sound off this evening, it's because we're recording this on the night that Cindy got a little Pizza Hut pizza sick. I do. I got got Pizza Hut fever, you guys. And Donald Trump's goons tried to overthrow the government. Yeah, poorly, (laughs) but they sure did try. So we're a little high strung and lay low, if that's at all possible. Okay, this is a real simple wrap up. A widowed mother buys the possessed doll, buys, buys, buys a doll for her son that's been possessed by the soul of a killer who is trying to kill, who is trying to find and kill his partner, I guess. Yeah. And hijinks ensue. <laughs> um, Fun for everyone involved. Yeah. I, I think the one... I guess I rambled a bit. The one thing you kind of missed is he puts his soul into a doll and then 
finds out the only way he can get out of the doll is to possess the first person but he that, told. That's like the last ten minutes, of which the is movie. a little boy. It's Andy. the very end of the of the movie, so it kind of. Uh, the IMDb synopses: the top one is a single mother gives her son a much sought after doll for his birthday. Okay, so I started only to discover that it is possessed by the soul of a serial killer. Boom. I went a little bit further. You did. I also could have said that it included the batshit crazy sister from Empty Nest, but I didn't. <laughs> also known as Marty um, from uh, Greece. So. What? What? I, I like this movie a lot. <laughs> I can I, see why this would I be a like classic. I can see why this movie at the time it was made when it came out when it was new would have been really popular and kind of groundbreaking and fun. Um, but look, I mean, it. This movie, hmm. I th- I'm not going to lie, I think Kevin Yeager's effects in the Chucky doll is incredible. The amount of work that yeah. went to it and like what it could do, especially for the time period. Mm-hmm. But this movie weirdly hits a fear of mine. Of dolls coming to life? No, I do not have a fear of dolls. Do you have a fear of young children? <laughs> no, 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 no. So there is a sequence in this movie that hits a big fear of mine that I've always had since I've been a kid, mm-hmm. which is you telling the truth and someone like, or and society not believing you and thinking you're fucking crazy or mentally ill and locking you in an asylum. Oh. That is a very specific fear that You I must have. have been a woman in a past life because um, that's what happens to us all the time in history. Yeah. And with those people outside the White House right now. Yeah. Basically... Andy gets Chucky, and he becomes his best friend. And Chucky... Uh, and it's so sad, because Andy is such a lonely kid. Yeah, he's a latchkey kid. He's yeah. a latchkey kid. His dad has died. You can tell they went from kind of probably having money to scraping by a mom or so department store. And he's so excited for this doll. He's He loves his mom so much. She did this for him. You know, she got him this doll when he knew it was so expensive, and he finally has a friend. And, and it's, it's possessed by a serial killer. Yeah. Chucky tells him things and only he can hear him. And then logically, because in the real world, if this were to happen, people would be like, hey, this kid is a This kid's crazy. a little loony. But he's not. And Andy's like telling the truth. He's like, Chucky did it. Chucky did that. Chucky did this. Chucky said this. Chucky. And then and he, he went into details. Like, Chucky got up, went over there, moved this. And, yeah, did, and like, then they keep blaming it on him. And then after uh, he blows up his partner's house, like... Charles Lee Ray or Chucky goes in okay. the Chucky farm. Charles Lee Ray is the house. name of the, the killer yeah. that's inside of the they, Chucky doll. Brad Dourif's character. They arrest. They arrest Andy. Humble Brad. And you then, know the name. Uh, I've, met, I've met Brad <laughs> He's from Huntington. Um, they arrest Andy. And then they put him in like a mental institution that has no windows. No windows. No. And here's. All right. You want to start talking about plot holes? Let's talk about it. You've worked in. Uh, children's words before do you get an intake and just put him in an in, in a room with a bed and lock the door and talk to him through a hole on day one i mean i've never worked in a mental institution yeah okay but is that do you no. think that's standard procedure no especially like a kid no okay but i'm pretty sure andy was wiling out and he had to be sedated not sedated put in the hole the window hole <laughs> okay so is that what I should tell my kids from now on? When I start wiling out, I'm going to put them in the hole? Yeah, you should. <laughs> but it's got a lot of windows that are open, so it's not really a hole. And I'm only going to talk to them and be like, no, you're safe here, as, I, as I'm being killed. I love in movies when adults yell at children and go, 
you just need to calm down. Calm down. <laughs> Having worked with uh, at risk youth for a long time, screaming calm down at them doesn't work. Always works without <laughs> fail. Same Always. as if they're running from the authorities and you yell stop and come back, they immediately stop, stop and, and come, come back. right back. It's and crazy. That's just the way people are. The power yeah. of the word. You just fucking scream. Kind of like if you say that there was a fake election and that you want it, it becomes true. Yeah, that's not Sorry. That road. I, I don't want to get <laughs> I've been a place. I think that's one thing. Like, this movie's partially about not believing children, right? The first person to come around to what's actually happening is Andy, and no one believes him. And then the second person is Andy's mom, and no one believes her. And it's really not until Charles Lee Ray, till Chucky attacks Mike Norris, a cop, that he's like, oh, they were not crazy. They were telling the truth. Now, in, in on one hand, like, I get that, because if somebody came up to me and said, my child didn't really hit his brother the doll hit the you know you would be like okay you're an idiot go away but uh it i guess just because everything happens so fast it happens in like a three-day period from you know opening credits to closing that uh he's right when she's like you know chucky is real and he's like okay like See you later. Crazy lady. But when she specifically knows he got it from this department store and he knows that he was at the department store when the crazy lightning storm right. hit it, like you think he would put two and two together a little bit faster? I don't think my first go-to would be, oh, that killer gave a reciting chant and put his soul inside the spirit of this doll. No, I don't think that'd be your first thought either. I think my first thought would be like, yeah, that's a doll. very weird coincidence. Well, yeah, that's and, a good point. Uh, that doll's got to go. But I think. Oh, yeah, why wasn't that doll evidence? He literally landed on it and bled all over it. Yeah. Uh, I think the most important element of this movie, the, the kind of what it's about, it's really about consumerism. The 80s were really the decade that started this thing with Americans, at least in my opinion, where we started replacing connection with things. Okay. His mom has to work to pay the bills. He's home by himself all the time. And he turns to toys, cartoons. Like I did. As his friends. And that's something that we, that has always happened. But it happened a lot more starting in the 80s. Okay. Like. I agree. He makes a breakfast. I just think this is a movie about a, a scary doll. I mean, it is a movie about a scary doll. But it does comment on the fact that, like, there were a glut. I don't think people realize it for your hunger. There was like Cabbage Patch dolls, my buddies. Like there were a million. Like there were also wait, there. I can go on. Let's go. This is my my wheelhouse, not yours. There were Cabbage Patch kids, and there were my buddies. Right within the Cabbage Patch, there were different subcategories. We'll talk about that later. There were also the Pillow Friends. Do you remember those? They look like pillow, pi- pillow pals. Pillow pals. Thank you. Yeah. You also had, if I remember, the WWE or the F at the time. Wrestling buddies. Wrestling buddies. Um. um there were like a rock star version buddy like Teddy Ruxman. Teddy like there were well that's just a Teddy My Bear. Pet Monster. Popples. The, My Pet Monster was the blue guy that oh, had yeah. the shackles. Uh um Popples were stuffed animals that turned into like a pillow. Yeah. yeah. Or, so the, yeah. yeah, there was pillow things and like life not life size but like child size. Ooh, what were the caterpillars that lit up? That were like soft. Glowworm? Yeah, glowworms. Yeah. I'm more speaking to the fact of dolls or stuffed animals that are meant to go from morning into bed. Does that make sense? Like, Teddy Ruxpin isn't something you're going <clears> to <throat> snuggle with at night. 
But in the 80s, there was a big thing of like, it's entertaining and they can take it to bed. Like, because kids were putting themselves to bed sometimes or they were getting themselves up in the mornings. Like, you had a pillow pal or a pupple or Um, huggable bear. There was a glut of all these toys because kids were substituting them for connection. Right. And I think that's partially what the movie's about because you have to be careful what you connect to because uh, sometimes it's not great. (laughs) Sometimes it's Chucky. Sometimes you get a fucking Chucky. (laughs) Does this movie fit the Arkov formula, sir? Uh, I think so. Okay, so if we are talking about Samuel's the Arkov, uh, A, action. Tons of action. Right in the get-go, it opens on the standoff with the guy putting his soul into uh, the doll. R, revolutionary. Was this the first demonic possession doll of its time? Uh, it, it's not That's the a first demonic you. possession doll, doll movie. It's, it's also not the first like, killer toy movie, but it's kind of like the pinnacle of those things. So, like it, it kind of took everything that came before it and made it into like a stew. So is that revolutionary then? I think it is. Okay. I, I think that this movie, because it definitely, there had been even the movie we're going to watch for next week's episode, I think came out the year before maybe, or like two years before. Okay. But That's about the there was a whole... Doll. Like, the way there was a glut of um, toys that came out at this time, there was also, in the wake of this movie, a bunch of, like, Child's Play knockoffs. Like, it's oh, yeah. a whole, like, subgenre of horror. And we were inundated for a while there. Killings, yes, of course, immediately, right away. Oratory. Yeah, 100%. Okay. 100%. You want, I was going to... Everything wanna, that comes out of Chucky's mouth... I was going to say, do you want to give some of your... Uh, like, Favorite lines? When she tries to burn him and he suddenly comes alive and she sees the first time, he's like, Oh, dear, you fucking bitch. Like, it's just amazing. Like, it's amazing? Okay. Brad Dourif is the perfect person to voice Chucky. Fantasy and fornication come next. Fantasy, obviously, yes. This is a doll that's alive. The idea that you can put your soul into um, it. No what about fornication. Yeah, there's no fornication. There's I, no naked Definitely later in the series. Um, but not in this one. <laughs> But I also, like, I don't know how they would have fit it in. Fair. Like, the only way I could think to, like, add a little spicy spice would be if her best friend who was babysitting him was, like, lounging in something. Yeah, or or maybe, like, having a little, once the kid goes to bed, having a little fiddle fiddle diddle. I was going to say, like, you know, spilled something on the shirt and had to take, like, a shower or something. Yeah, you could do that. But it just, I don't know, it just, it doesn't seem like it fit. Like, this movie's pretty tight like it's a teenage movie it's not about that like eh. okay trivia hit me up i know you've got a bunch uh, i just got a couple things i'm not gonna hit you with a ton because literally we could do like hours of just trivia people who know this movie know this movie though so i guess we don't have to keep rehashing yeah it. I, I will just say a couple things I'm real fast i didn't know that i think that you would enjoy so obviously chucky's based on the my buddy doll and the cabbage patch doll but he was also based on Corky, the interactive doll. And the voice actor for Corky, which is, I believe their name was Eden Grass, was used for Chucky's doll voice when it's not Brad Dourif. When it's like, hi, I'm Chucky, you want to play? Like That is the same voice actor who did the Corky interactive doll that was out at the same time. <sighs> which is doubly fun. I really enjoy I'm looking that. that up right now. Brad Dourif. Oh. Okay, go ahead. Brad Dourif recorded his Chucky lines in advance, and they were played on set. Guys. So the the actors could interact with the Chucky doll in the voice of Chucky. How did I forget about Corky and his hat? He wears a yellow beret. Of course he does. 
<laughs> Brad Dourif's character, uh, his nickname is Chucky, and that's the name he takes on, he calls himself when he's in The Doll. But the serial killer that he played was Charles Lee Ray, and Charles Lee Ray is based on Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and James Earl Ray. Wow. So kind of the... All of them. The pinnacle there, you know? When, when people say that, when they, um, whenever... I, we watch a movie with a serial killer, and it's based on this conglomeration of serial killers. You realize that they're just being a serial killer, and that all those famous ones just fit a stereotype, right? Yeah. Sadly, like, thanks to movies, I think everyone thinks every serial killer is Ted Bundy. Oh, gotcha. Right? Or yeah. something equivalent. Like, that, they're, that's, they're really smart. Like, no, they're not. serial killers are not that smart. Ted Bundy was the exception that proved the rule. Yeah. Like, they just... Didn't have the technology. Like, what was it? The the Green River Killer just jerked off on everyone mm-hmm. that he killed, but they didn't have the technology to, like, figure out who the fuck was jerking off yeah. on dead bodies. The Zodiac Killer <laughs> was taunting the same way Jack the Ripper was. They just didn't have the... I mean, honestly, let's be honest. ...capability to trace it back. The Zodiac Killer probably got away with it because... because he's Ted Cruz. Several people were probably pretending to be. Like, people were just oh, pretending yeah, yeah. his crimes. That's why they kept finding, like, conflicting evidence to diff- point to different people. Before we end with the trivia, I just want to point out, because I thought we talked a little bit about this at the front, and I wanted to kind of touch on it again before we leave. This movie has, like I said, three writers. And Don Mancini came up with the original idea, like the base, and then he rewrote it with John Lafia, who would go on to write Child's Play 2. And Don Mancini's original script is, it's got enough that it's a base, but it's very different. What do you mean? So Don Mancini said he got the idea for a movie based on... The trilogy of terror, the little what is that? the doll and trilogy of terror that scared the shit out of your friend. Oh Julie. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And based on my buddies and cabbage hatch dolls and how kids interacted with them, in his original script, the my buddy doll, like the Chucky doll, they have synthetic blood and skin, and if you were too hard with them, the skin would break and they would bleed, and you had to buy like <gasps> band aids and put oh them. Oh my god! And Andy was like a bullied kid at school, and his only friend was the doll Chucky. And he cut his finger and cut the doll's finger, and they became Blood Brothers, which was the title of the original script. Oh. Was Blood Brothers, and Chucky came alive and murdered Andy's bullies. And I'm I not gonna that. lie, I kind of want that. I movie. love that. I kind of want that. I'm not gonna lie. Josh, I love that movie. Um, yeah. How fucking dope is that Love idea? That. And uh, it was him and John Lanfia. John Lanfia, I think, was the one that came up with all the idea for the voodoo stuff. And yeah. I love it. I, I'm <laughs> here to say it. I, Don Mancini, I love you. I love everyone who worked on this movie. If you could somehow have that Blood Brothers script turned into a comic book, I would read it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like that, please. Uh, I just... It sounds really interesting, actually, yes. This movie is goofy, but it's really fun. Fair. And it's it's kind of like a pillar of 80s, like, horror now. You can't... At some point, you can't go too far down the 80s horror movie rabbit hole without at least touching on Chucky or talking about Child's Play in some way. Hence why we're here now. Yeah. What, uh... What we got going on next week? Uh, so we are going to talk about a director who we lost last year next week um, who I adore, and that is Stuart Gordon, and we're going to watch Dolls. And, Doll. Dolls. Yeah, dolls. Is it like Mannequin? No, it's better. And that, that's not Double awesome, Win. Man. This is has a Cindy-approved runtime. It's like an hour and 17 minutes. I like that. 
Really looking forward to it. So, uh, final thoughts. Would you... I will watch this. Yes. This would you is, watch it with your kids? This is... There's a reason this one is a, a fan favorite and a cult favorite. Like I said, like if, if I was into horror movies and saw this in the, either in the theater or on, you know when it first came out, I can totally see how this would be like, oh, this is the go-to movie. Yeah, this, you know what I mean? This gets the Cindy Stamp approval. I get it. Gets I get the, it. Cindy Stamp of approval. And that's a Cindy-approved movie. Uh, I like this movie. It's not my favorite toys attacking people movie, but yep, it's really good. Uh, boy, oh boy. All right, listeners. Yes. First of the year. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, we're Like I said, this is coming out on Friday. We're doing Fridays now because Sunday's got a little... A little or, too... Sun, Mondays were crazy because all of our grad school shit was due on Sunday. Yeah. And so it just seemed like everything was running into itself and we were killing ourselves all weekend to get everything done. So we're trying to space it out a little bit better. Yeah, to just kind of make our <sighs> lives a little easier. So... And um, this is, you know, we're already kind of cutting it close and this is the time that we are not right now in graduate school. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to so try to bank a few. We're going to do our best. We'll see. So next week we're watching Dolls. Yep. Watch it with us. Have fun. We don't storm the Capitol unless you're on the side of good. Or ever. We love you. It's true. I'm Josh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. <laughs>